Hello and welcome to the Voices from the Land, Indigenous Peoples Talk Language Revitalization Podcast, produced by the Legacy of Hope Foundation. Tansi, I'm your host, Gordon Spence from the Tasquia Cree Nation in Northern Manitoba. I'm also the Indigenous Community Facilitator for the Legacy of Hope Foundation. Today I am joined by my colleague and co-host, Andrew Bomberry, a Mohawk from the Six Nations of the Grand River Territory. Andrew is a curriculum developer, writer, researcher, and teacher. Welcome. As part of the Legacy of Hope Foundation's mandate and mission, we are working to promote Indigenous languages revitalization as a critical step in the healing of generations of survivors and their communities from colonial policies and practices which rob Indigenous peoples of their first language. The goal of this project is to help support Indigenous languages reclamation through interviews with Indigenous language teaching experts. The target audience for this work are Indigenous language teachers. We hope that by sharing accessible podcast interviews with people doing interesting and relevant work on language promotion, we can help facilitate the sharing of knowledge, ideas, and practices that are relevant to the teaching and learning of Indigenous languages. While there are many contexts that are particular to specific nations and dialects within their regions, we are hoping to provide additional tools and platforms that can help with Indigenous language revitalization, despite the many differences. Hello, Mabel. Uh, Mabel, Mabel Metallic is from Nistigoose First Nation. She's a Mi'kmaq language teacher. She's a translator and curriculum editor. She's a graduate from the St. Thomas University of New Brunswick with native language certification. She's also a graduate of the University of New Brunswick with a Bachelor of Education. She taught her six children the Mi'kmaq language. She's been a teacher for the past 36 years. She's a mother and grandmother. And her parents who taught her the Mi'kmaq language are Georgina and Louis Metallic. Welcome, Mabel. How are you? Well, I'm fine, and you? We're good, we're good. Uh, I'm gonna hand it over to, uh, to Andrew to begin uh, the questions for this uh, interview podcast. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Mabel, and uh, talking with us about this topic. And so I thought just to, to get the conversation going, just to tell us about uh, your current role in teaching, what you're doing right now. Um, my current role is um, teaching for the students that have completed the Mi'kmaq Immersion Program here in Listigwish uh, First Nations. Uh, our program is... Um, for K-4 students up to the fourth grade that have completed the Mi'kmaq Immersion Program to grade four and are currently in the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. The program I had initiated is called which is translated somehow as the enhancement program. Because of the first students that had completed the program to grade four had no one to help the students to continue learn and speak Mi'kmaq. That was how um, the Siawinuizultinejkinamasuri program came about to help the students to continue to learn and speak Mi'kmaq once they left the program. 
because of the first student that had completed the program to grade four, had no one to help that student uh, to learn and speak Mi'kmaq. And the reason that I say the student is because when the program went to grade three, there was only one student that enrolled. And this student would continue on to grade four in the Mi'kmaq language program. There was no language teacher available for her, uh, for the student and the students to follow. Uh, the student now is in grade seven, um, did have a speaker with her for some part of her fifth grade. For her sixth grade, the student had no one, just letting them leave the program with something that they could continue with was of concern to me as a Mi'kmaq language person, teacher, um, everything else that uh, I come with. Um, it, it meant a lot to me for these students just not to be left at after grade four and nothing, nothing for them to do or no one to pick up the pieces and help them to continue to learn. I did not want to see them leave this program and have nothing or no one for that matter to assist them in continuing to learn Mi'kmaq. I took it upon myself to bring it to administration and suggested the enhancement program. It was something we spoke of for the following school year, uh, 2020 to 2021, which I eventually delivered or made available. Uh, because of COVID-19, there was a delay in when I would begin to teach the students. Um, I eventually began in November of 2020. Uh, we had to work around scheduling an hour for each grade that I would teach. So at the very least, the students would get an hour per week in continuing to learn the language. Um, I work from the Alistigush Education Complex and I am shuttled to the AGS, um, the Aloxidel Gitbu School when required. Um, it was my hope that the students would receive the language at least two hours a week. And out of the 15 students that I see, Ideally, I would like to see the students an hour a day, but it's not possible at this time. Hopefully when we get back to what we knew as norm, the students will be given more time to continue to learn and hopefully maintain our language. The Mi'kmaq Immersion Program is currently being held at the Listigwich Education Complex for the time being. Um, the Mi'kmaq Immersion Program um, was relocated out of the Aloxidel Gidbu school um, so that the program would be isolated from the English and the French speaking population. Uh, we had been there or we have been there since 2016 and hopefully we will be in the new wing that is currently under construction uh, as an addition to the AGS school specifically for the Mi'kmaq immersion program. Um, to date, the fall of 2021 is the plan, but the COVID-19 crisis, anything is possible or not. So for this school year, this is my teaching role. Uh, my other role is translating the New Brunswick curriculum to Mi'kmaq or translating materials that teachers bring into our office. Sometimes it might be, um, they might have start, started to write it in the Mi'kmaq language. They just need editing or um, grammar corrections or whatnot, but uh, that's what part of my job is now. You, I know the next question you asked if our language is polysynthetic. Yes. Is that right? Um, the Mi'kmaq language is, 
uh, polysynthetic. It is a descriptive language. I don't know how much more I can elaborate on that part of the questioning. You've been teaching uh, the Mi'kmaq language for 20 years in the school system. Uh, could you just talk about the different teaching roles that you've had? Some of my teaching roles over the past 20 years have been or began uh, with the Mi'kmaq language core teaching in our elementary school. I delivered the Mi'kmaq core language up um, to the students a half hour per day, starting with the kindergarten level when I started. I did that for about three years, from nursery students to K-4, uh, four-year-olds to grade six. And then the AGS students went to grade eight. Um, towards the end of the school year 2005, the education administration was... Um, looking for someone to teach at the high school level, grade nine to 12. Uh, students were required to take the course in grade nine or in grade 10 as a credited course. It did not require that the student be First Nation to take the course. I did have four English speaking students between the first and second semester of that school year. Um, the English speaking students did well and they did put effort in learning in the classroom environment. And the teaching in the core is what it is, core. And I can relate that to for myself as in learning French core, you will learn, but to become a speaker in either language is less likely unless you pursue the language. Um, I knew some basics in French language, but to become fluent in that language, I would have um, required more immersion in that language or whichever language anyone wanted to learn. Mm. In 2003, I believe, when we were required by our directorate to take a native language course for certification. During the same school year of 2005, I was asked to teach adults in the evening. I believe it was three nights uh, a week, uh, an hour each night. Uh, most, not all students were, were from uh, Ill River Bar, New Brunswick First Nations. Um, at that time, there were not many speakers in their community. Uh, I believe 70 years and older were the speakers in Il River Bar at that time. But what I did teach the students, and most of them were uh, adults and working with students or young children, and um, whatever I taught them, they brought it back home to their community. Um, at the very least, our Listowish First Nation students received some of our language because it was no longer, or I should say, for the most part, it wasn't being spoken or taught at home. Yet on that note, parents were willing to put their child or children in the Mi'kmaq Immersion Program. And in most cases, if there is a family of two or more children and the, parent, um, the parents would enroll their children into the Mi'kmaq Language Program, which is really nice to see. In the earlier years, the numbers were small, always under 10 students. It was never more if we even got close to 10 students for the kindergarten program at the time. Uh, it was only in the spring of 2010, the grade one would have been offered in the fall of the same year. Uh, to date, we have, I believe, 64 students enrolled in the program. It might not sound like a big number, but in our case, uh, now since the past five years, we have uh, K-4, which are four-year-olds that 
they, they're just coming into our program, I believe. Now we have uh, 15 students in, as the four-year-olds, the K-4, and we have 17 students in the kindergarten class. Uh, the grade two have 18. Uh, so our numbers are, are growing. Um, it, it's, it, it's coming along as best as we can hope for what, I mean, of course, we would always want more, but at least it's progressed over the years. I see it. I, I've been there to witness it. Um, in 2016, I taught grade two and three combined. Uh, in 2017, I taught grade three and grade four combined. And also for the fall of 2018, um, there was one student that I had taught for four consecutive years, which was a big difference in the progress the student made, which was a big opportunity to have someone for that amount of time was very fortunate. Sure, that's as close as what defines immersion um, for creating speakers. Um, the other students would have been with me for almost three consecutive years uh, for medical reasons. I hadn't gone back to teaching in my own classroom up to this point, but still teaching the students that went through the program since the fall of 2020. Uh, the students can still communicate with me in the Mi'kmaq language to what they had learned. And I'm speaking of the ones that are in grade five, six, seven, and eight now. Um, they've done the, uh, the, the immersion core, right? No, this is all in the Mi'kmaq language program. Oh, okay. I, I will have to be a little more firm um, that all students use the language with me, to me. Most of the students will make the effort to speak in the language the best that they can remember. And most times uh, it's just giving me time to, giving them time to think. It's not an easy task by any means. It's uh, patience on my part and to have students feel comfortable and not stressed. I don't want to lose the attachment, so to speak, with them. I would mm -hmm. want to hear from students that they don't want to be in the program or in the enhancement program anymore and um, I haven't heard it once over at all since 2010 when I started uh, my grade two homeroom class that was my first homeroom class I've never heard it once that a child said I don't want to be here and I don't want to do this I believe I can still find a way to keep them engaged in the program um, as for teaching immersion in general I've always used the um I'm getting into the next question, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no problem. As for teaching immersion in general, I've used the TPR technique to teach, practice, repeat. And from there, it's adding new material, vocabulary, phrases, etc. And uh, gestures are few, but helpful always. To answer your question, it would be um, I used a lot of pictures because there are new students to um, I'm, I'm talking um, from them going into the kin nursery kindergarten grade one by the time the game came to me I'm I'm grade two so they're they've already got their they've already got a year for for the language they've already um, started to do some reading uh, they already know how to ask questions 
so common, Daldluen, it's always Daldluen, Daldluen, how do you say, how do you say, which is their way, that's their way of learning. Um, it's using pictures opposed to pantomime, you can't always mm-hmm. act out what you want them to understand. Having a routine and consistency is a must. Classroom mm-hmm. management skills come into play when teaching to avoid distractions, disruptions. Having a reward system is effective in having students stay engaged in their learning. Uh, Give them something to look forward to. Anything from a sticker to place on a sticker sheet uh, to tokens that they will either receive if language is spoken or lose tokens for speaking English. Uh, To be able to buy a prize from a prize box, dollar store items, or you can go directly to earning free time, no more than 15 minutes, uh, give them extra reading time from the reading center uh, to play at the math, uh, using math manipulatives, uh, the center, there's a draw, you pretty much will have a drawing and a coloring center in your classroom. I can't say there are struggles in teaching the language, but behaviors are always some, but we do have specialists that can or will work with the students if they are special needs children. Um, as far as assessing the students, uh, in the beginning of my, in the beginning years of my teaching, uh, written materials were marked. As years passed, I focused more on comprehension and communication. Uh, what level of both are they at? Uh, just observing as they work independently is or can be part of their assessment. Okay. You know your children, you know their strengths, you know their weaknesses. In my opinion, if I can give one, assessments can be or are literal marks uh, that a child and a parent will see. Uh, to write about a child's progress is more personal and opening for communication, which I feel is important. Um, raising my children in the language is and was second nature to me. I made or we made the decision even before my first was born that that's what we were going to do uh, with no question. It was just something natural we were going to do. We were going to speak. We were both speakers. We are still both speakers. So that's what the plan was. I found there was more struggles and more times frustrating, to be honest. At times I felt I was too hard on my children opposed to students in the school because the learning environment is totally different. And um, I don't remember learning my language the way my children did because I didn't have to be taught that way. And by that, I mean... When I was a child, I was learning the same way the other children were learning. Uh, we were learning together. And I mean by other children, the other children in the community, all the parents were speaking the language. Um, my generation was speak, being taught the language. So it, it, was, it was different for my, for my children. Uh, for my children, they were the only ones in the neighborhood that were being taught. Your oldest, does he speak Big yeah. uh, Bugs? Yes, he does. All your children? Um, not as fluent um, as the older ones. I would say the, the first two, the last four, are not so fluent. Um, we would have conversation. And 
now in technology times were they're texting me in the Mi'kmaq language, if anything. Okay. But they don't have anyone their age they can speak to in Mi'kmaq. Grandmothers, aunts, and uncles were the only ones that they could speak to or were spoken to by. And that in itself was a hurdle I had to tell or ask that they only speak to my children in their language. And they were quite helpful um, once they got used to the idea, I guess, um, I might add. Um, fishing and hunting was a big part of my children's upbringing. Um, I have four boys and two girls. Um, they all have a gift. They are all talented with uh, art, um, catching game. Uh, for the boys, uh, even the girls learned uh, to salmon fish and um, to help with the nets, set the nets, uh, check the nets. And um, it's unique in some way, the family, as far as their, the siblings, um, how they help each other, how they care for each other. It's, I'm fortunate. I guess I'm just fortunate to have had to have them, first of all. My youngest son is 26 years old. He is a co-worker of mine. Um, he works in the kindergarten class and I believe this is his fourth year. I'm wanting to say the fourth or at least September was the fourth year he started and uh, he's doing really well. He has a daughter of his own um, who is, he is helping to teach uh, the Mi'kmaq language too. Um, my second son's first daughter um she is enrolled in the Mi'kmaq language program she's got two younger siblings and the plan is that they follow their big sister's footsteps i do have seven grandchildren now my oldest will be 10 this year uh, the one in the Mi'kmaq program uh, she'll be six in the spring um and the other ones are just younger my youngest son, who is a co-worker of mine, he's the fifth child. He is definitely an asset to our language, our community, and so much more. Uh, very proud of him and more proud to call him mine. My method for teaching my children was to just speak. And for the most part, I don't understand what you are saying is what I would say to them when they spoke English to me. They would eventually speak Mi'kmaq because they wanted it so bad or they struggled at times and that wasn't a nice feeling. I'm going to be honest here um, mm -hmm. because it, the primary teacher or teachers was myself and their father. And I'll be honest again, uh, for the most part, it was me. I did play the biggest role uh, as far as my children, I might get emotional here, but like I was saying, they struggled at times and it wasn't a nice feeling. It wasn't a nice feeling for me that uh, I had to tell them in Mi'kmaq, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't understand English. So uh, if you want to, if you want something, you're going to have to ask me in Mi'kmaq. Otherwise it's not going to happen, but I didn't give up. Um, and that's, that's the big part of a parent who is in this day and age, as far as the Mi'kmaq language goes, as far as the Mi'kmaq language goes in our community, 
um, because the English language is, um, it's overpowered. Of course it has. We know, we know that um, it's everywhere. You know, um, most of the population is speaking it as far as the children go, TV, uh, whatever other media or uh, electronic devices or whatever it is, um, the English, it's everywhere. But I didn't give up. And that was a task in itself. Um, the more they learned, the more special it felt. As, as time mm -hmm. went, um, I mean, from weeks to months to years, um, other siblings coming into the family. And that was, it was just second nature for the older ones to be speaking to their younger siblings. Uh, just saying their first word, which I think was uh, mut, which means don't, because you say that a lot, uh, parent. Um, for speakers out there, teach your children. It's never too late. Um, most speakers would disagree. Uh, but if you have to give the English translation, then do so. I mean, I'm not saying every time you say say the same thing. Uh, don't keep telling them what it is in English. Eventually, it's you don't have to because you've said it so many times. Um, to give a translation never hurt. It never hurt me. It never hurt the students that I taught. I can say I did have a few success stories as in the few years. I'm not talking about like just a few success stories as in individual students, but I'm, I'm looking at the overall in the, the years that I taught the immersion program um, because it brings me back to when I had my first grade two class classroom, I only had six students. Mind you, I had no materials, but I did it. I, I worked um, as much as I could, as long as I could uh, to prepare for the next day. I usually had to be at least two weeks ahead of myself in material wise. By the end of the eight week, I took English away from the students altogether. Um, they were only allowed to speak Mi'kmaq inside the classroom and to each other. Um, at one point, was probably before the Christmas holidays of that year when um, I had somebody was staying with my students for lunch during lunch period or something. And I had come back into the classroom and I'm hearing bickering from my students, but they were bigger, bickering in the Mi'kmaq language. So I kind of found it cute, but I had to put a stop to it by the end of the week because, um, you know, we can't be arguing. We can't be, well, you broke it. I didn't. You're the one that did that. And, you know, they would go on with little phrases, conversation like that. And, but I had, I, I put an end to it and I said, no, we have to be nice to each other. And if, if you did something, if you did do something wrong while I was in tear, you have to be honest. And that's when you start to teach. I never realized all those years that because now uh, there's a lot of focus on the seven sacred teachings in the schools, uh, especially uh, First Nation schools, I believe. And I didn't realize it until now that I'm talking about it, that they were always being taught. I was always teaching the seven sacred teachings of being honest, uh, caring for someone, um, you know, having respect, uh, you know, 
it, it, it was all there. It's just now that it's, it's labeled. It's, um, here's a package on, uh, respect. Here's a package on being honest and humility and whatnot. But it's, um, when you put it all together, because when I spoke earlier about, um, the immersion program and our four main subjects, the math, language, art, social studies, science, uh, that's all in the Mi'kmaq language. Of course, I throw our history in there. In the Mi'k- Everything was in the Mi'kmaq language. You know, it's it's endless, even the science. I mean, the, the vocab, I did a lot. I had to do a lot of research in um, finding, like the titles for science. Uh, there, it, it existed. I didn't know, but I found it and I use it. So in every aspect and all the teachings that I have, everything that I know, everything that I've been taught, I'm pretty much teaching my students the same thing, which is, um, it's like the door is wide open for me to do it. And there's no, I mean, I mean, it's, it's like any other language. I mean, um, you know, you're, as a teacher, you know the do's and don'ts. Of course you do. I mean, there's there's, there's so many um, things that you have to follow. But if if you know what you're doing, you don't even think twice that uh, could that be wrong? Could I should I have done that? Should I have said that? But maybe it's just being naturally a teacher. I don't. Uh, it sounds like you've got a, a really good uh, structure for your classrooms to uh, keep kids motivated and focused on using the language. Mm-hmm. I'm going to add this story. It's um, my, cause most of my instruction, because by the third or fourth, third and fourth grade, which I had to do combined classes, there was not enough teaching staff to, uh, so you'd have your own grade three, grade four. We had, I had to combine them. There was just no choice. It was only, I believe two, if not three teachers at the time. And um, I had the grade three and grade four students and, uh, the morning was always the morning routine, uh, um, uh, keeping consistency in the classroom. And um, once my teachings were done, um, I would always play Mi'kmaq language music. I won't say who they were, but it's a family that they sing all kinds of uh, Mi'kmaq songs. And I would just put it on very low. For some part, I did it for myself because... Uh, to have no noise and absolutely no noise in the classroom was like, it can't work that way. I need something. I need something in the background. And I did play the Mi'kmaq music when I wasn't teaching. And um, before too long, the students would start to sing along as they did desk work. Uh, They were starting to sing the songs, but then then we had um, a place where we could go once a week. Actually, it was a Friday afternoon, the last, uh, hour of our day, uh, teach the boys drumming because they can only play the big drum and the girls were, we'd do the hand drums and we would sing every song we knew. We would practice singing every song we knew. Mind you, it was, um, I saw the progress of how well they were being, uh, what, how, the, how well they were starting to play the drum, the girls and, uh, uh, even the pride in their voices was getting stronger and, it was just so nice to see. And in the classroom, when they would sing along with the music that was playing while they're doing their work, um, at one point uh, it came to, because I always had um, a timer in my classroom and I would set the timer for 
how long the duration of whatever subject was going to be. And the bell goes off that we're going to be, they know we're going to be doing something else. My bell goes off. And I said, okay, I said, um, you guys were really good this morning. You can pick a game you guys want to play. And they love to play the number game. It's actually a bingo game, but I'm not going to uh, promote bingo. So I called it the number game. The, the word bingo is not on the card. It was there, but I cut it out and the students started to play. Of course, there's always a caller for the bingo or, or for the numbers. And I have a little Canon camera. Actually, my students and I had one. Um, there was a contest. FNEC was having a contest for uh, anyone that wanted to sign up to sing a Christmas con- uh, song at a Christmas concert one year. What it, that year we were there and uh, we sang and we won first prize and we won that Canon camera. So I started to use it. I would take pictures of the students because uh, we always get permission at the beginning of the year for field trips and such. And uh, for uh, if we we're going to do a little video or whatever we want to do with the students. We always got that permission first. And just as they started to play the number game, I turned the camera on and I got up and I started to walk around. I still have the video, as a matter of fact, uh, it, it is in my laptop somewhere. And they're playing the number game and um, they're speaking in the language. They're saying the numbers in the, um, the caller saying the numbers in the language. And the kids are like, Oh, I got that one. No, I don't have that. Oh, did you say this one yet? Uh, oh, I won. And of course, when somebody wins, they start over again. One wins, wins a little prize. And it's very interesting for me. I'm hoping to go back to a, a homeroom class this coming fall. And I did request that I teach grade two. I thought grade two was... It was somehow easier because they already had nursery, kindergarten, grade one <laughs> for first part. And two-year-olds don't have attitude. They don't, um, <laughs> they don't say no much. <laughs> they, it, they're just a special age. I, well, because I've done it for so many years that I, it was, to me, it was the ideal grade to teach and, to bring them up a lot quicker and uh, give them so much more. They learned a lot more. I think just being that age group, but it, it, it takes a teacher to apply themselves to the fullest, to uh, have a success story. And I've got, I've got a few good years in there where I can say um, the students spoke to me. They understood me. They could read to me. They could read to the class. They could communicate with each other in the Mi'kmaq language in the school and outside in the playground. Uh, because I always would say, well, if you hear one of your classmates speak in English, you'll get their token. You'll get their point. You'll get their sticker. And they were just more than eager to catch someone. And most of the time they never did. But, and then going, going back to the system, I would start that in the right from the first week, not the first week, maybe the seventh or eighth week in the second grade. And that probably can be done in any level uh, for them to use the language. 
And then after the hol uh, Christmas holidays, they forgot all about the point system. They forgot all about the gift box. They just started to speak the language uh, to each other. There was no um, stop speaking English, so to speak, uh, being said. I have had a really good experience in um, seeing the progress of the students uh, and the, in the, with the language. You know, there's my generation is, there's not many of us at this age. And I want to say maybe three, if, if maybe four years younger than myself would be a speaker in Listigudge right now. Like they're not fluent, fluent. Um, my, like I mentioned, my youngest son is in this, he's my coworker. He's going to go a long ways uh, with the language because he is so, um, he's gifted in art, but he's also been gifted with being taught by elders of our medicines, um, everything that grows on the ground. He can tell you what it's for, what it's called. And this is all in the Mi'kmaq language. Uh, he knows his fish. He knows the hunting. He knows there's very little to this young man doesn't know about uh, the Mi'kmaq language and being, um, he's helping to teach the kindergarten kids and they just love him. My children, I have six. I have to tell you their names. I have my oldest is Hunter. Uh, I have Gunner. Uh, Fisher and River are my boys. Uh, Rosa and Rana are my girls. River is the kindergarten teacher or the well they call them EAs now opposed to TAs but uh, it's nice that someone is following my footsteps and he's um, I was talking to this about my co-workers just a few days ago and we talk about it often where it's um, you get tired at times you're frustrated you're you know everything well especially now with this COVID and everything it's um it's not always that easy. And I said, just when I think I'm so fed up, something draws me back into the language again. And it's, uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying that I, that I want to leave it. It's just that you people get tired and um, I don't know. It's, it, it's something, it's like you're repeating yourself constantly. I mean, that's the only way you're going to learn. That's the only way you can teach. You have to. It's hard on the voice. Uh, we are a guttural, we are guttural speakers, I guess is what they call call it. I got, I got a question for you. Sure. Uh, what has been the most successful contributing factor to your teaching uh, Mi'kmaq language? What, is, what has worked the best? Like what has been the most contributing wow. factor you've used that's always been successful? I would like to say the TPR. I mean, they're all important, but music, the drumming, dancing, singing in the Mi'kmaq language. Yeah. When you hear their voices, it's uh, that would be that would be it for me. Using a lot of cultural expression. A lot of cultural expression in okay. dance, and your voice and the drumming is. Um, you know, the heartbeat of us all, I always say.
And I've always taught my students to be proud of who they are, even as very young children, that we are First Nations. And we, the reason, and I would always tell them, why do you think they call us First Nations people? Of course, they don't know. <laughs> and I would say, because we were here first. Mm-hmm people all of Turtle Island and I and I go into depth I don't go into depth as in um where you know all the well, there's a lot of sad stories behind that but um, to be proud of who they are and that our language is is a language that you won't hear anywhere else but here even just even just speaking using your language gives you for me it, it's it's powerful. Um, to speak my own language, to communicate in my language, it just makes the message that much stronger. It makes your message that much more heard. Or um, uh, for me, it's it's powerful. I don't know how else to ex- express it, except that it's, uh, like I said, I am a proud Mi'kmaq First Nations woman. And uh, it's it's who I am. It's what makes me, it's, it's made me who I am to this day. And I, I I can't see any other way that I would be living my life right now. Has there been a growth in the number of Mi'kmaq speakers in recent years as a result of language immersion? I can say to their age level, for the most part, yes. Like I'm talking about my grade five. Right. on from the program. Um, it takes, they'll in a second answer me back in the English language. Um, not all, because there are some that um, I see them, I'm seeing them think before they answer me and they'll answer me in the Mi'kmaq language. But most of them will use the English language first and then I'll say, well, how do you say that in Mi'kmaq? And then they'll say it in Mi'kmaq. But it takes, see, that's where the, uh, the patience comes in because you're, their first response is going to be in the English language, which is, it's, I'd rather they spoke the Mi'kmaq language first, of course, but then I have to tell, if I don't ask them to, they won't. So at least some won't. They're not that really think about it before they answer me. Or if they forget a word, they know how to ask in the Mi'kmaq language how to say, you know, how do you say that phrase? Is there a method that they use to remember or is it just be, because of... Uh using the TPR method? I think it's a TPR method. Um, They do have homework which requires reading words um, um, and read little, um, their little, we we use the level readers from A to Z. Mm -hmm. They're all required to do their reading. And um, when I first started to meet with my grade five, six, seven, and eight students, because it's it's an enhancement program, they've been using the English language for a year, two, some three, some four. I always start by saying in the Mi'kmaq language, uh, thanking the creator. I always say a prayer before I start a class in yeah. any class. And um, I said, now I'm going to say some English words and I want you to tell me how to say them in Mi'kmaq. The ball rolling, so to speak. And it worked well. It worked really well. I mean, it was just simple things like uh, the animals, um, 
furniture or uh, clothing or uh, phrases. And I would throw in phrases. Uh, how do you say, how are you? How do you say, I am fine? How do you say, just to refresh your memories a little bit. But it's going, it's still going to take a lot of work. This is the first year that um, the enhancement program has begun. So, Is this in school? Is this, uh, is this being taught in public schools? With uh, enlistment, is this in the school itself, public school? This is this is because we we're we're in a separate building right now. Uh, the Mi'kmaq immersion program. We were relocated in might as well say the summer of 2016 because in the fall of 2016, that's where we were at the education. Relocated us to the education complex. They made some makeshift classrooms for us. They moved us uh, so they wouldn't hear the English and French languages. Mm general other like the other languages in the school just to get them away from uh, all they would hear is Mi'kmaq all day like as a, us as adults as teachers that's how we spoke all day long to each other and then to the students so uh, to get them away from the French speaking and the English speaking population we they relocated us they are now doing a construction on building a new wing just for the Mi'kmaq language it'll be a separate part of the building uh, we're um, they're talking about us going in or being used uh, for the fall of or this coming fall 2021. But it is part of the school, right? It's part of the, the school in Listigouche on the reserve. What is part of the school? The language, the, the language you teach. It, uh, well, the Mi'kmaq language immersion program uh, is is part of the AGS, the Alaxidio Gitbu school, but we're we're not in the school itself, per se, at least not right now, until they finish the new wing. I guess what I'm trying to ask, get at is, uh, it, is it part of the curriculum, the regular school curriculum for the school? It uh, The core was, core was up until maybe, geez, it could be three or four years since they had a core language in the AGS school. Um, teachers were hard to find. Some would come in, they didn't stay long, uh, they got it, they didn't get it. So um, as a matter of fact, um, they just started, they just hired someone last week to start teaching core to the English and French students at, um, at our school. And that's only a half hour a day. And this is on the reserve? And this is on the reserve, yes. Mm. I guess it's just all reserve students, right? Yes. Okay. Just First Nations students. Uh, just uh, going to the um, the last bit there about uh, recommendations. Uh, any kind of recommendations you would have for people maybe wanting to look into the, the TPR uh, technique or any of the other uh, things that you mentioned or resources you might suggest for people uh, trying to raise their children as for the Mi'kmaq language or any language uh both I can answer for the Mi'kmaq language I can't answer for the other one because I was just it was brought to my attention I want to say maybe two weeks ago it's a uh, um, learn Mi'kmaq online and I, I opened it up with, as a matter of fact, with my students and I had them explored because I was exploring it myself. They have phrases, they're written in English, but they're, they're said, they're written, they're also written in the Mi'kmaq language. 
uh, there's an arrow. You press the arrow, it says the word or says the phrase or reads what's written there and allows you to read it back. And if you get it the first time, you're, you can press the arrow again and it goes, there's different categories like in uh, like family members, uh, clothing, furniture, uh, just your, as a matter of fact, it's well done. I believe it was done through uh, Concordia and McGill back in 2015. I'm just hearing about it now. I don't know why just now, but um, it's really interesting for it, it's an introduction to the Mi'kmaq language for beginner speakers, and you can use it independently. You know, you don't need anyone to assist you with it. Um, it's just a matter of uh, pressing on the arrow and it'll say a phrase or word for you. And it's laid out really well, the, the introduction to it, uh, the sounds that are made in the Mi'kmaq language to be able to speak the language. And, and um, we actually, we've, we touch up on it maybe the first half hour of my classes with the grade five, six, seven, and eight. And we've only gotten to, uh, I think, the pronunciation part because we are reading the English part of it. I wanted students to understand how the program works so that um, they'll know how to use it. And it's something, as a matter of fact, our principal had given to all of the um, English or the French classes um, at AGS. Uh, he, gave, he gave them the website so that um, they could learn together. They could go through the program together. I mean, there's, uh, you know, even the common phrases of good morning, good afternoon, how are you? I am fine, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. That's all there. That's all in the beginning of the program. But it's really interesting to, um, to see so that when the students, because I told my students that I see that have left the program, I told them, I said, there'll be no homework required. I don't want to stress them with, um, I don't want to discourage them. I don't want them to feel stressed. I don't want them to think that um, it's, it's almost like a burden to them. So I tell them there's no homework, but if you want, would you have a, or could you have a look at the learn Mi'kmaq I gave them the website address and uh, some of the students were really engaged with it. I know I'm, no one one student specifically because he's he's always the one you would have to kind of calm down he's kind of like all over the place and you know he had to move around a lot so when he would when he pressed that arrow and a sound came out somebody's voice came out in the Mi'kmaq language he goes wow he took his laptop he went and sat in the corner in the library and he played, he played with it and everything they said, he said it back. And that was really nice. It, hearing your language is so nice to hear, when, especially when it's coming from a child. That's, um, to me, it's like music to my ears. When I, even I, I hear the four-year-olds, five-year-olds saying, uh, saying good morning to you um, is, or wallalin. You know, that's such a beautiful word, wallalin. Thank you. And uh, those are probably the most common ones that are being taught in a very young age. And they're using that whenever necessary. So it's. Hopefully uh, more, more kids will be learning and, and getting their beginnings in the language. 
that that sounds like a really good resource. Yes, it it is. I I believe so. I I've I've looked at it. I've tried it. I mean, I know it, but I just just tried it. Just and I there there are voices that are familiar, and I believe it's a program that can be. It, it could be an ongoing program. I even told my students at one point, I said, you know, maybe uh, someday, maybe someday soon, somebody will start recording your voices. You, you're speaking in Mi'kmaq, you're recording your voices and putting it on the website and other people will be able to learn from you. So yeah. that's that's something else I have in the back of my mind too, that uh, that that's, program should be updated. Uh, yeah. That would be really interesting. That's, you know, that's, that's a really good idea. You know, uh, maybe uh, you could use this method or what you're talking about in your teaching uh, children or whoever. I think especially young people, like your students you're talking about, mm -hmm. they'd be fascinated to hear themselves. Always. You know, just to, uh, to hear themselves. If you record them and they, and and they hear themselves speaking their native language, I think would be mm -hmm. I think they'd be fascinated. Just just based on what you just told me about that young boy who was who couldn't sit still. At some point in my when I was teaching the grade three and grade four, we did have um, is a journalist uh, that lives in Listigwish. He's not from Listigwish, but he is married to someone from Listigwish. He's a He's a journalist and uh, he does a lot of uh, work for APTN. Um, he does his own. And I requested uh, through my director, if I could have him come into my classroom and record my students as they read a story or just mm -hmm. introducing themselves or just, um, and he did. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, it wasn't broadcasted to any station, so to speak. It was just our own personal uh you know, I, it was something I have in my laptop that we could view and uh, listen to. And, you know, um, it's, uh, they, they like to hear even just their names. Uh, because when I do the thank you to the creator prayer, towards the end, I would say uh, thank you for this student thing. And I would start naming their names. And just to hear their name is, uh, mm -hmm. they get a kick out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh... Mabel, we want to thank you for your time and for, uh, you know, for your wonderful talk about uh, what you do, your teaching, uh, the Mi'kmaq language uh, to your people, to your children, to your students. It's wonderful to hear the success that you have. And uh, I would like to ask you, as we close this off, uh, express yourself in your language maybe summarize something in your language. We'll close this podcast off with you saying a few statements. <laughs> okay. Um, it's emotional. It's emotional for me. Just the, just the very fact of this. Um, I think maybe I'm just starting to realize uh, what I've done for my community, what I've done for my people, what I'm doing, what I, this is my life. This is what I do. I think just the um, just the whole idea of it is overwhelming for me. It's like wow. Say say it in Mi'kmaq. I would okay. like to ask um, you to speak in Mi'kmaq to close us <laughs> out. Um, baskudurlewe, walayoh, oxe dandel jiksiduyoh. Uliya do dan wanedel jiksid oxe 
I thank all of you. Thank you for your time being with us today. Thank you. Thank you.